Welcome to the Soul Summit Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Levesque. I'm here to bridge the gap for women in the outdoors, build a community of adventure junkies, and roll out your weekly dose of positive vibes. With almost two decades in the health and fitness world and an untamable passion for hunting and the outdoors, my mission is to help you live a bucket list life and move boldly in the direction of your dreams. Meet us here weekly as I connect with like-minded men and women to discuss health and mindset, accountability, life and entrepreneurship, as well as all things hunting and epic untold stories. From the backcountry to the backyard, Sawyer offers family-friendly insect repellents for your skin, clothing, and gear. Protect yourself and your loved ones from disease-carrying ticks and mosquitoes before your next adventure. Whether you're an expecting mother or using around your favorite four-legged friends, Sawyer has insect repellent options to keep you protected. Did you hear in a 2017 study, they found that by treating your boots and socks alone with permethrin, you can reduce your chances of a tick bite by 73.6%. Don't wait until it's too late. Head to Sawyer.com to take a look at their entire line of products. That's S-A-W-Y-E-R.com. Celebrate Mother's Day with a Baku's Mother's Day sale and get that special mama in your life, the ultimate adventure package. Moms are the glue that hold it all together. Give her the gift that she deserves with a new e-bike from Baku. Now until Mother's Day, get $300 off MSRP and a free gear package with any new e-bike purchase. Head to Baku.com to learn more and shop now. No code needed. That's B-A-K-C-O-U.com. This podcast is also proudly supported by the Her Outdoor Journey brand. Our mission is to create common ground for passionate outdoor junkies, bridge the gap for women that hunt, and inspire you to live your bucket list life. Hop on over to heroutdoorjourney.com to dive into the blog, find events near you, and join this community of outdoors men and women. That's heroutdoorjourney.com. Well, we are back and jumping right into another episode of the Soul Summit podcast. Today, I've got two friendly faces on the other side of the screen, which I'm super excited about. We're talking all things Baku e-bikes, and I've got Kate Newkirk and Brian Child on the other line. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Courtney. So I'm excited to uh, catch up with you guys, but um, before we do, I want to hear just a little bit more kind of about you personally, kind of the ins and outs of who you both are. So Kate, why don't you kick us off? Give us a little oversight of who you are. Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in the Black Hills of South Dakota, um, lived there all through high school, graduated, moved to Colorado um, for college, eventually moved back to South Dakota. And then about two years ago, found myself making my way out to Utah with my husband and been here ever since. Um, good little fit for us. We're big outdoorsmen into the mountains, the hiking, the backpacking, the hunting, all of that. So it's been a great fit for us. And what got you connected with Baku? Um, just kind of luck of the draw, I guess. They had a job posting. Um, I was looking for a switch, knew, kind of researched the company, saw what they did, knew what they did. Um, figured it was probably a pretty good fit for me and jumped right in and been about a year and a half now that we've hit the ground run. Awesome. 
Well, you're in really good hands. Great group of people, um, super quality products. And, you know, the, the owners, everybody that works for that company, you know, you walk into the building and every time you do, you just feel like you're right at home. So you're in really good hands. Congratulations on the switch. It's always nice to, uh, to have another friendly face and a female face over there at the shop. Uh, Brian, walk us through a little bit of kind of your overview. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, we hit a home run with Kate. Um, when she came in, we we hired her um, for content writing. And she'll tell you that she did that for a short period of time. And now she does like a million things. And um, Courtney, you know this, she helps us with all of our influencers and, and oversees all of our events at the Baku Center. She communicates with our dealers and keeps them up to speed and works closely with our dealer relations team, but also is very integral in all of our marketing and stuff. So she wears many hats here and we're grateful to, to have Kate here. Um, but yeah, me, I'm a Utah boy. Um, my dad uh, was Air Force. I did uh, spend my high school years in Okinawa, Japan, um, which was a super cool experience. I got to travel the Far East a little bit and see some some other cultures from the Philippines to Korea to Japan. And, and so got to live a little bit of that military life. Um, but we moved back to Utah um, and um, I have um, been in medical for a number of years prior to, to Baku developing. Um, I'm a neurophysiologist and I've practiced for about almost 18 years now. Um, Baku is a passion company. Uh, my brother-in-law, Dave Andre, and I um, co-founded it in late 2016. Uh, we're avid archers and wanted to get further into the backcountry, do it quietly, scent-free, um, and quickly and um, seem like every time we're on the mountain and we're bugling a bull elk, he's always two ridges away and we're like, how can we get there quicker and quieter? So that's kind of where it started. Um, and we, uh, it's just taken off from there. It was, we built these bikes for us. We really didn't build them to create a company. Um, but um, we, we built bikes that were durable and dependable and capable for the things that we wanted to do with them. Mm -hmm. and, and I guess we had a lot of other people that said, wow, that's exactly what I want to. And so it's just taken off uh, from there. And um, I still practice medicine, but really uh, I'm three to four days a month is all. I've hired a couple of docs to see patients in my clinic and um, I'm doing that just to maintain licensure. Uh, and I'm pretty much 95% Baku at this point in my life. That's awesome. Somebody could look at that and go a doctor from a doctor to, you know, owning a company in the hunting and outdoor industry. Like that's a huge, huge shift. Was there ever like this leap of faith or was there ever any doubt that taking what was kind of just solving your problem and bringing it to market was crazy? Oh yeah. Super crazy. I mean, when you sit and, and, and look at your parents or your wife and say, Hey, I'm going to walk away from medicine and I'm going to start selling bicycles. Um, you get some funny looks. Um, but, and, and there's a huge gap, right? There's, there's really no, 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 no comparison when you're talking medicine and manufacturing of bicycles. And so we've learned a lot and, um, and we've grown a lot and, and, uh, you know, that's attributed a lot to the people around us because we've hired smart people like Kate. Uh, mm -hmm. But we've got great people that work here, smarter than Dave and I um, at what they do and um, have helped us really to grow. But, yeah, there's certainly a leap of faith. But I also believe that um, life has windows and, um, you know, there's opportunities that are afforded to you that um, it's all about experiences and it's about relationships and friendships and 
this is our people. This is who we feel comfortable around. Um, this is who we like to be around. This is who we want to associate with. As much yeah. as I enjoy diagnostics and medicine, um, this is this is our crowd. So it, it wasn't hard to step into this. It was just kind of hard to say, oh, is that a stable income and to walk away from mm-hmm. my clinics to do this? But um, Baku has just been, uh, you know, we've been on a trajectory that's just been off the charts and and we're so grateful for the people we work with, those that support us and all of our, our tribe members that uh, use, our, use our products. For sure. And how cool though, that you, you did something that not a lot of people do and you're doing it very successfully with a really solid group of people, both on the consumer side and also who represent Baku, who work in your facility, who, um, you know, stand by your products. It's just, like I said, in the intro, you guys are just solid human beings and it's so good to be a small part of, you know, watching you guys grow, uh, watching you guys come out with new products and, um, really help people enjoy the outdoors more. Um, I have to ask you though, so you talked about, you know, you just wanted to get in farther. It was kind of this like selfish desire at first until people kind of started to validate like, yeah, I want to solve this problem too. I want to go farther more efficiently. Um, what did the evolution of Baku look like? You know, obviously coming without a background in manufacturing, what were some of those steps that you guys had to take to kind of get the ball rolling? Well, it was uh, first off meeting people like you, Courtney. Um, I remember uh, the first show that Dave and I met you. It was in yep. Salt Lake um, at this uh, International mm-hmm. Sportsman's Expo, right? Yep. And um, yep. while we were there, you know, uh, affiliating ourselves with people like you, people that are in the industry, that are credible, that um, look for good products, look for good gear, that uh, rely on their gear and also expect uh, from their gear that it's going to perform when when they need it to perform. So uh, a big part of it is just making relationships with people like you. And, and as you mentioned, being grateful to be part of us, we're grateful to be part of you and all of those that represent Baku um, and affiliate with us and, and use our products because they really are the best way to get the word out. It's not about Google ads or or Facebook ads, it really is about people talking about your brand and being able to go out and say, oh, have you tried or have you seen? And next thing you know, that that spreads like wildfire. And that's really what happened. It, it just took off on us as, as people like you uh, were talking about us. So, you know, I can say that what sets you apart is the, you know, the quality of who you are, the quality of your products, um, the, the family oriented vibe that you get as soon as you walk into your headquarters, but what makes you guys in your words stand out from other e-bike companies that are on the market? Yeah, I can do that one. Um, so for us, it kind of, we always just say it boiled down to three things. The first was our motor. Um, we used the Bafang M620 ultra motor. So that's Brian probably perfectly named it the diesel engine of e-bike motors. Um, so that's going to be your strongest on the market. It's an ultra smart motor. It's got all the torque sensors, speed sensors, all of that kind of thing in it. Um, all metal gearing, which is huge. Nobody wants to be in the backcountry with a nylon gearing, mo- nylon geared motor um, and get stuck with anything malfunctioning. Um, as the market's evolved, we are seeing that on, you're seeing that on a lot more bikes these days. Um, so the big things that we really come down to are our batteries, your batteries, your gas tank on your e-bike. Um, so we have the biggest battery available on the market, which is just going to take you further and have you riding longer. I'm going to guarantee you're not going to get stuck in the backcountry. And then the other big thing, and we hear this from 
pretty much everyone is our customer service. The fact that we have real people answering the phones, they're all based here out of our headquarters in Utah. Um, we're going to get you taken care of. You're not going to get put through a call service. Um, those are probably our biggest two things. And those are major. Those things are, like mm-hmm. you said, you know, the things that are going to keep you in the adventure longer, whether you're hunting or out with your kids or, you know, just sightseeing or mountain biking, you don't want to be disrupted from a malfunction or a dead battery. Exactly. There's nothing worse than having this expensive tool that you made an investment in and then not having it perform for you like you were told it would. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a big part of it too is that we're we're not just providing a product; we're, we're providing an adventure. Um, people um, are looking for ways to get away from the stresses of life and work and all the things that uh, that weigh us down. And and Baku, you know, if you follow us on Instagram, it's the Baku life, um, and it really mm-hmm. is about where is your Baku life? Maybe maybe it is in Alaska. Maybe it is in the deep dark timbers of Washington or Oregon or Utah. Um, but sometimes it's on a beach. Sometimes it's down at the park. And um, we have we have tribe members that use our bikes across the globe and in all different applications. And so I think that when they come to us, one, they notice the quality of the product, but then it also has made their lives better. And so when they come here, they feel like they're part of something. They feel like they're part of this Baku family. Um, and um, and it's great. I mean, we love it when they come here and they feel comfortable and relaxed and they want to talk to us and they want to meet us uh, because that's what's most important to us is providing a product and an experience, but then being the type of people that they want to associate with and supporting it uh, behind the scenes. You know, I can speak for myself too. Personally, you know, I've, I've taken the bikes out with my family. You know, we went and uh, explored all through the Redwood Forest, which was stunning. And, you know, we're going out to mountain bike. It's not like, you know, we take it out every time when we go to hunt, you know, we're taking it out just for, you know, mom, son dates and adventures and camping trips. And, um, you know, did you see that kind of being, you know, where you guys would be and the customers that you would be serving when you started? Or did you see this big, broad, um, really adventure product that you guys were building at the time? Yeah, you know, we started off as being this hunting brand. And that's really where our roots are is, is in the hunting industry. And uh, but we found really quickly, just as you mentioned, that we sold our bikes 90% of the time to hunters, but 90% of the time they rode them in non hunting applications. And mm-hmm. so we realized, oh, yeah, there's they're going to hunt on them, they're going to use them for that purpose that they bought them. But there there's so many other opportunities and experiences of life to be able to get out and adventure that uh, they're using them for other applications as well. So that's kind of led us into um, kind of these other these other channels in, in working with farming and working with fishing and working with an urban line and military and first responder. We've got bikes headed to France um, this week. I, I just saw a big shipment going out there and and uh, we've got bikes in Canada now because of all the outdoor opportunities that are there. Um, and we've got, mul- you know, tons of military and firefighters. We just had our marketing team was down. Some of our marketing team was down in Arizona meeting with some hot shots and firefighters down there that uh, we've got a super cool product where you're actually able to put a gurney um and it's, it's on a seat post that you pull the seat out and you put the gurney down through the seat post holder and you can actually 
get people out of danger. So if you have a firefighter go down, um, you're able to put him on this gurney and use the walk assist mode to get the bike out of the back country and, and, to, and to essentially save somebody's life or, or um, certainly help them medically. So, um, yeah, it's just crazy the avenues that have opened up because we saw people buying them and using them in different ways. That's really awesome. And holy cow, to be able to innovate something like that, that can solve some of those, you know, life-changing, life-threatening situations. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations. That's, I mean, and and it goes again to just speak to what we've already said and what I've been saying that you guys are, you know, yes, a business has to be profitable. Um, You need to be able to make money if you're doing it. But you guys, I feel like always have this Um, you know, your finger on the pulse to say, how can we help give back? How can we enhance experiences? How can we help keep people doing the things that they want to do that love to do? How can we get families to bring their kiddos and to have more joy in the outdoors? And, and every time I go back to the fact that you guys are doing that so well. Well, thank you. We're, we're glad that you recognize that because that's who we are. That's the fabric of, of who we are here. Just as Kate mentioned, she was drawn here probably because it was meant to be, um, thank goodness for us, but it was also that this was, this was a company that she probably saw out there and realized, man, that's actually who I am. That's the fabric of who I am. And I want to be part of that. Mm -hmm. Now, I think one of the common things that I hear when I talk about e-bikes is people always assume that you can't use them in a lot of hunting situations. So if you guys can talk to me a little bit and you guys do a really good job, you've done some great videos talking about the different classifications. And obviously it is up to the individual to check with their local agencies to make sure what is or isn't legal in their area. But talk a little bit about what the laws, what consumers need to know and then the different classifications of bikes. The biggest thing kind of exactly we hit on, it's important to see like what your state specifically is using, um, even kind of what your specific forest ranger district, what they're saying. Um, some states have left that, left that up to each district, um, but kind of a good like overall consensus of what we're starting to see across the US is that e-bikes are broken up into three different categories, class one, class two, and class three. Luckily for us at Baku, our bikes can be modified or adjusted to fit all three of those classes. Um, just by that's kind of another benefit of the ultra ultra smart motor on there. Um, you can adjust that speed limit to adjust your wattage output. Um, and then our throttles are all removable, so you can drop those off of there if you're not allowed to have a throttle. Um, so real quick, just a bit, class one e-bikes are a 750 watt, 20 mile per hour max with no throttle. Um, class two is that same 750 watt, 20 miles an hour, but you are allowed to have a throttle. And then class three is also 750 watt, but they're kicking that speed limit up to about 28 miles an hour. But then again, taking that throttle off of there. Um, so, and that's kind of, obviously different states have different classifications that they're actually following. Um, some Mm. follow two of the three, stuff like that. Um, but that's a good kind of general basis to go off of as you're looking for where you can ride. Um, and then you get onto motorized trails. Those sometimes are a little bit different and don't necessarily follow those. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the gist of where things are at right now. We're seeing legislation change. It feels like almost monthly states are open up, opening up more stuff. So 
So you talk about the throttle, you know, so obviously Mm -hmm. you can use, you know, full throttle, you can use that bike, press the throttle, and it's going to get you to where you want to be. What other ways can the e-bikes assist in making a little bit more effective for you to get across trail? Yes. So they, we run off of the motors all have pedal assist. So basically you're just spinning those pedals like you would a normal bike um, pedaling away and you're going to feel that motor kick in. It's basically just going to help you pedal through each stroke. Um, We have five different levels of pedal assist. Um, So you can run it that way. If your battery were to die or anything like that, you can still pedal the bike just like you would a normal bicycle. It's going to be a lot heavier, but you're not going to be stuck anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, In that sense, so you have those three methods. um, And we actually, we recommend more so that people use that pedal assist more often than their throttle if they can. Um, lower levels of pedal assist too, you're still, even at a level one or a level two, you're going to get plenty of assist in that thing unless you're climbing some major hill. Um, and then at the same time, you're conserving your battery by not relying on it to solely power the bike, which is just going to have you riding longer too. And there's so much dang fun. There's so much they fun. Are. I have a really hard time when we're hunting on them being quiet because I'm Mm -hmm. like giggling, you know, like a little girl the whole time, because it's just so much fun. You know, you're looking over, you're just cruising along and you can't help but feel like pretty good about the miles that you're not putting on your boots. You know, it's always a really good feeling for sure. And then also it's really nice because you guys have a ton of different accessories. So talk a little bit about how the accessories can kind of help make that trip a little bit easier for you as well. Yeah, I'll take this one too. Um, So we have accessories that range from anywhere to from our pannier bags um, that can either sit on the top back rack of the bike or on the sides like a saddle bags on a horsewood. Um, we have our trailers. So we have a couple of different trailers fit your needs, whether you're hunting, camping, just going out for a picnic and want something to haul them in. Um, we have trailers for like wide logging roads all the way down to single tracks that just run off of a single wheel. Um, we have all that. We have the racks that go on the front of the handlebars to hold your bow or your gun. If you're out hunting, um, stronger headlights we've came out with some cooler bags stuff like that to kind of go along with those trailers and haul your gear and haul your harvest out if you need it too so a little bit of everything to make your adventure a little easier definitely yeah definitely a little bit of everything um the carts definitely come in handy for you know whether Mm -hmm. it's putting your pack in there so you don't have your pack on your back or you know putting your animal in there or your gear or whatever it's definitely nice to have that um we actually my husband and i took a couple of the bikes um where did we go we were hunting in utah and uh we last minute couldn't quite get to the spot that we wanted so we just made a game game plan switch and uh went and grabbed a couple of the bikes and we got to an area that we wanted to be in and there was so much snow in my head. I'm thinking there's no way we're going to get to where Mm -hmm. we want to go on these bikes. I mean, we're talking like probably 12 to 18 inches of just solid snow. And sure enough, we got on those bikes and those fat tires brought, I mean, you know, it was a little bit more of like a sit on the saddle feet kind of the side in, you know, a lot of throttle, Mm -hmm. but oh my gosh, it was so much fun. We plowed through the snow, got to where we wanted to hunt. Um, my second concern was that the, you know, 10 degrees, eight degrees, uh, negative two degrees was going to just blast 
the batteries and that we were, mm-hmm. you know, end up having to push the bikes out or just kind of ride, you know, pedal ride them or whatever, which was a little bit more difficult in the snow. Um, so the, the throttle was great, but we just pulled the batteries. We brought them into the tent with us so that they stayed warm at night. Um, and mm-hmm. we were fine to get out with them, but super fun to think that, you know, not only, you know, can you use them on good trails with good conditions, but you can use them in mud and snow and, um, you know, sometimes even get on the, get off the beaten path a little bit. So bikes are super durable, really effective and, uh, can push the limits for sure. Yeah, they can. We actually kind of going on that. The more we try to push into more of like a commuter beach application, anything like that, we came out with a new bike as well, probably since you guys took those ones out where the motors actually directly drive the wheels. So they're a hub drive bike. Um, that one was more so even specifically made more for like your snow, your mud riding, your sand riding. Um, just to give it even more traction to make sure you're getting where you need to go. So, so talking about like really using these bikes, putting them through the test, um, mm-hmm. obviously you're going to be in all kinds of conditions, whether it's, you know, debris or twigs or, um, you know, rocks, whatever, what kind of routine maintenance do you feel like is important to upkeep on these bikes, if any, and then also talk to me right now, obviously as the weather gets nicer and people are moving outside, getting their bikes out again, kind of what is for your guys' specific bikes, uh, the maintenance that you recommend having done? Yeah. So yearly maintenance that we're going to kind of recommend is I believe they call it the the M check. So if you look at a bike from the side, you can kind of make an M out of like the wheels and the frame down to the motor back up to the rear wheel and down. Um, so you basically want to check anything that goes through there. So start with your tires, your tire pressure, make sure you didn't run into any, um, go heads or thorns or anything last year that may have given you a slow leak, anything like that. Um, if you can, and you have the right pump, you can check your forks. So your front suspension, um, that can slowly just kind of with pressure changes and stuff with the weather, lose air a little bit. Um, any bike shop could help you out with that. And then you want to move up to your handlebars, check your brakes, just make sure everything's engaging there. Um, that there isn't anything wrong on that. Move down to like your battery, make sure that you've taken care of that over the winter. Um, we always say, don't ever let your battery run completely dead. Um, that first 20% that it has to charge is always really hard on that battery. Um, so just making sure you've kind of taken care of that over the winter, kept it warm, kept it out of the freezing cold garage all year. Um, down to the motor, turn that thing on, make sure lift up the back wheel, hit that throttle, make sure it's still running everything the right way. Um, and then back up, make sure your fenders, your racks are, um, secure still on there. And then back down to that rear wheel, um, you can just kind of, as you're riding, you'll kind of get a feel of whether it's shifting appropriately. You may need a um, derailleur adjustment. So just adjusting how it moves along all those rear gears. If you're noticing that it's skipping gears or anything like that. Um, Those are probably the main things that we suggest that you take a look at before every ride or every couple of rides. Um, Other than that, your maintenance is going to be pretty minimal on these, just like it is a bicycle. You may need new brake pads every once in a while, especially if you're running steep inclines or anything like that. Um, But you're not going to see a whole lot. We do have people that will bring their bikes in yearly just for a tune-up if they want it. Otherwise, pretty simple maintenance. Just make sure you're not running over anything that's going to give you a flat tire. If you do that, you have what you need to fix that up. Um, You can wash and clean the bikes as normal. They're waterproof so they can handle they can handle like a pressure washer or anything like that obviously we're not going to recommend that you go submerge that motor in water for any length of time but awesome such good information um you know i think 
you know, so oftentimes we wait until something's broken to, you know, fix it. But Mm -hmm. a lot of times just some routine maintenance and care can help keep things, you know, in working order. Um, And your repair kit is really nice to have on hand as well. It's got everything pretty much that you could need, you know, in a trail situation if you Mm -hmm. ever had to, to do any um, wrenching on something. So that's really nice for somebody who is like myself, not super mechanically inclined or good on working on maintenance. um, Could they take Mm -hmm. it maybe into any local bike shop to have it serviced? Yeah, for the most part, anything that's on an e-bike is going to be on your traditional bicycle. Um, The tires are going to change the same. The derailleur and your cassette, which is where all your gearing come from, that's all going to be the same. The brakes will be the same. The only issue where you may run into is if you need something done with the motor, you may have to find a shop that specifically services e-bikes or services e-bikes in addition to regular bikes. Um, But for the most part, yeah, any, any local bike shop can get you fixed up. Awesome. Perfect. Well, somewhere along the way, we lost Brian. I don't know if it's a dead computer or what's going on, but um, he'll jump back in at some point, I'm sure. We don't have the best internet connection around here. So, Oh my gosh. It's yeah, I actually just recently got good internet connection with Starlink, but Mm -hmm. for seven years, I thought like what was equivalent to like a dial up and it was Ooh. horrible. So I totally, totally feel that pain. Um, yeah. I was really wanting to talk to him about his uh, recent trip to South Africa, which we will do yeah. if he pops back on here at some point. But um, talk to me a little bit more about what could be some frequently asked questions or some maybe common misconceptions that people could have about e-bikes. I think one of the biggest common misconceptions, and I was probably guilty of this too when I first started because I was a mountain biker, I had a traditional pedal bike. People think that e-bikes are cheating. And in reality, they're not. They're expanding opportunities for a lot of the population. You know, a lot of them, they just don't have the health conditions. They're not in shape. They don't have the opportunities to get out there and ride their bikes often enough to be able to climb a mountain or do anything with that. Whereas the e-bikes are giving them just a little bit more assistance where they're able to stay riding longer for years into the future when maybe they would have had to give it up five, 10 years ago. Um, and it really, I mean, you're still doing the work to get out there and get up the mountains. So if you have something that's maybe yes, making it a little bit easier, but you're still getting out there, you really can't complain about that. Well, welcome back, Brian. How was the snack time? <laughs> you guys, do you know what? I didn't know that I had disappeared. I sat and listened to everything. And until you said that, I didn't even realize I dropped off. So, so. Oh, that's hilarious. You did a great job on explaining all the maintenance and oh, yeah. upkeep and all that kind of stuff. I heard the whole thing. And then when you said that, I thought, oh, maybe I have disappeared. So I went off and I logged in. Hey, it's good. it's good to be seen again. <laughs> That's hilarious. I thought maybe his computer died or something happened, but, um, yeah, she's, she's been nailing it. So uh, I'll ask you kind of the same question. Any misconceptions she was talking about, you know, that, uh, e-bikes make things easier and that's kind of one of the misconceptions, but any other frequently asked questions that people kind of come up against or any misconceptions? Well, I, you know, I I think the important thing about e-bikes in the hunting application, for one, um, Chris Denham actually nailed this uh, with the Western Hunter, um, a good friend of ours, and and we've known Chris for Mm -hmm. for quite some time. He actually said, you know, um, I train during the off-season. I don't want to train while I'm hunting. So when I'm out there and I'm on the mountain, that's when I actually Mm -hmm. want my gear, which is my bike and my trailer and all the accessories that I have with me to perform so that I can, so I can be at my peak, um, hunting capabilities while I'm on the mountain. And so I think that, um, you know, 
the misconception might be that that we're um, utilizing e-bikes for um, for some other reason other than a piece of gear that's going to help us to be able to 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 be put ourselves in a better position to be able to harvest an animal. Um, and at the same time, it's a feel good thing too, because it's, you know, the, the, the buzzword right now is green. Is it green? Is it, is it good to the environment? It is good for, for habitat and for wildlife. Um, and, and e-bikes are, they, they're, they have very little impact on the trail, no more impact than a regular bicycle would. There's no emissions from an e-bike. There's no sound um, from an e-bike. And so you can feel good that you're not out beating up the environment, that you're not um, mm-hmm. hurting wildlife. And um, and then it's just a tool. It's a tool to help you to be able to be a better hunter and uh, to be a better outdoorsman. I really love that point that Chris Denna made. And Chris is an amazing guy, so doesn't surprise me at all that he brought this to light. But... Yeah. I mean, I think so many times as hunters, especially, you know, hunting the West side of the nation, it's, it's kind of, it can be pretty miserable. You know, the suck factor can be pretty high. And I think it kind of is almost like a rite of passage that you have to suffer a little bit, but really you don't have to. I mean, and if you can do something to be recovering quicker to not wearing out your body, I mean, most hunters I know are like, I just want to keep hunting until I'm like 70. I want to keep hunting until I'm like 80. Yeah. And if you do this year after year and you're really hard on your body and you're packing out heavy loads and you're carrying it all yourself, you're probably going to shorten that shelf life a little bit. So utilizing things like e-bikes can be a huge benefit to the long game. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, it's Absolutely. not a matter of cheating, you know, if you were to think, I mean, to each his own, right. if you, if you want to hike in, then wonderful. If you want to horseback in, this is just another tool to allow you to be able to access mm-hmm. the backcountry and, and improve your chances of harvesting and having a great adventure, having a great experience out there. And so, yeah, I loved it when Chris said that, when he just brought up that, Hey, I, I train in the off season to be able yeah. to hunt. I don't want to train while I'm hunting. Cause that's when we're able to focus um, and, and I think all of our gear is moving that way. You know, we have compound bows and, and arrows and rests and sights and, you know, fletchings and, and broadheads, everything to make us more successful in the, in the back country. And when, when it comes that time yeah. of season, um, so, um, Baku is, is just following suit with all of those other products. So what's next on the horizon for Baku? Oh, well, we can't give away all of our secrets right now, but, um, uh, we have, Baku Moto um, that's been um, in the works for a few years now, um, and Baku Moto is going to focus um, more on electric motorcycles. Um, we've been testing them. Uh, for anybody that's been watching, um, you've probably seen a few different influencers that are using them. Corey Jacobson used them on his elk hunts this year and and found incredible success during his elk hunts. Um, and so that's something that's on the, on the horizon. Uh, that's a whole different animal when you start talking about motorcycles, um, electric motorcycles. So the one thing that we're proud of is that we we don't just take a product, a bunch of products, throw them at the wall and see what sticks. Um, we actually spend a lot of time mm-hmm. and energy on R&D so that when we deliver a product, we can stand behind it. We know that we've tested it. We've used it. We've put influencers on it and um, we've put uh, strategic customers on them that are going to beat them up and abuse them. And so that we know that it can carry the Baku brand, um, the way that we would want it to be carried. So, so that's out there. And, um, and then 
just onward and upward with being able to get further. Um, we use a long-lasting lithium-ion battery, and we're going to continue to push the, the envelope with batteries that will get you further um, into the backcountry and allow you to travel further on just a single charge and um, continue to improve our components and, and, uh, and everything else about Baku. Well, definitely sounds like things are continuing to move in the right direction and just always great to catch up with you guys, learn more about what you have going on and just talk about the ins and outs of e-bikes and, and really, um, you know, shining the light on what a tool they can be for helping your success in the field. Um, outside of that, just again, to my point earlier, like the adventures that I have, the giggles with the kids the you know, if, if I want to go out shed hunting and my kid's kind of on the fence, I'm like, we can take the bikes, you know, and he's like, I'm in, yeah. you know, so it's. It's a good way for me personally to have a little more time with my boys outside. And that to me is priceless. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. It really is what it's all about for us too, is just being able to provide an experience and an adventure for people that use our products mm -hmm. that they can depend on them. And that's what makes us feel good. Nothing makes us feel better than when we have a, have a customer send us pictures or, put them on our, on our, yeah. we have an app and upload them to the app so that we can share them with other tribe members to show what, what our tribe members are doing out there. That's yep. the best. Mm -hmm. That honestly mm -hmm. is the best feeling for us. Yeah. Continuing mm -hmm. to inspire people to get outdoors, to move their bodies, to yeah. Soak up nature, all good things. So at the time of this recording, you guys currently have a Mother's Day sale going on. So just in case somebody's listening to this um, and wants to take advantage of that, can you walk us through what that is and how they take advantage of that discount right now? Yes. Yeah, so with that Mother's Day promotion, um, now until Mother's Day or while supplies last, um, we're giving away a free gear package worth almost $700. Um, to everyone that buys a new e-bike. And then we're also giving you $300 off of that e-bike as well. So we've got almost $1,000 in savings right now on an e-bike. Um, perfect time to make mom's day with a new ride for the year or stock up for yourself and get ready for hunting season. Um, either way, now's a good time to save about $1,000 on a new e-bike. Perfect. And how long is that sale going on for? Um, we plan to run it through Mother's Day, but if we run out of supplies to put together those packages, then we'll call it early. Um, so if you're looking at getting one, get those orders in sooner. Definitely. If you're on the fence, get off the fence, go get one. It definitely adds to the fun. Uh, definitely helps. It's a very valuable tool. And uh, it's, it's nice to know, you know, talking about the maintenance stuff, it really doesn't need much. You know, you might run into things here and there, but it's easy to maintain um, and definitely going to keep you out longer. So that's awesome. Um, before we sign off, Brian, I want to talk a little bit about your recent trip to South Africa. Give us the rundown on that. Oh, boy. Courtney, it was amazing. I, it was beyond <laughs> what I really thought that it was going to be. Um, you know, so many times it's hard um, sometimes for us here in the U.S. because this is the first time I've ever hunted in South Africa. It's hard for us sometimes to relate. I'll, I'll admit, I don't even know that I could name kudu and and waterbuck and impala and yala and all of these different animals that you can hunt in South Africa because I just had never done it before. But it was no different than Western hunting. We hunted uh, with tallies um, in South Africa. They're just out of Port Elizabeth. And um, I felt like I was in central Utah. The mountains were huge. They were dense. There were big canyons. We were hiking, you know, 
seven to 10 miles a day. Uh, you could go as far as you wanted to go. You could go as high as you wanted to go. I shot a, a blue wildebeest at just about 7,000 feet. Um, and so big mountains and um, beautiful country, lots of animals. The one thing that I would like to maybe share just real quickly is on conservation. Um, I was so impressed mm -hmm. um, by, we talked a lot about conservation and Paul Jordan, who's one of the family members that kind of heads up the hunting there at Tolly's, told me, um, just simply put, that when there's value to something, we protect it. And in South Africa, the animals are valued because people like us come over there and um, find joy in hunting them or seeing them. And because of that, they protect their animals. So their herds are doing phenomenal. They, you know, you go over and a hunter maybe takes out, you might take out two or three of the older bulls and that allows for money to be able to put back in to take care of the herds so that the rest of the herd can flourish and they can put animals in different places. And, and throughout South Africa, the animals are doing so well. Um, and um, it's all due to conservation because of hunters going over there and putting money back into the system yeah. that allows people to have small businesses, just like we here, have here in the U.S., but allows them to put it back into the animals to make sure that there's conservation and preservation of these species. And mm. uh, so it's, it's as tough a hunting as you want. I mean, I hunted half my hunt for a water buck. And, and I didn't get one. Um, we we saw a mm. lot of them. It wasn't because there was a shortage of animals, but at Tollies, they really want you to shoot um, something that you're going to be proud of, not just then, but in the future when it's hanging on the wall. And so we looked for that trophy animal and um, we saw a lot of great, great bulls, but just, just didn't find the one. So my point there is that you can hunt and still come home empty handed. Um, and mm -hmm. so it's it's mm -hmm. phenomenal hunting. It's not shooting not shooting fish in a barrel by any means. It's yeah. it's just wonderful. And and to put it into perspective too, last point is um, for just over seven thousand dollars. I know that's a lot of money, but people here in the U.S. will spend quite a bit of money on a on a hunt. For seven thousand dollars, it's a week long vacation, lodging, food, and five animals. And that's pretty, that's pretty amazing for a, a trip. You know, you can save your money mm -hmm. up for a few years and be able to go out there and hunt for, uh, for $7,000, have an amazing vacation that's fully um, taking care of lodging and food and, and, and everything. So um, I thought it was, I thought that was real interesting too, that you could do something like that and it doesn't break the bank. Very reasonable. And did you take your family with you, Brian? I did. My wife and my daughter, um, our youngest daughter, Lola, went. And um, they both, uh, Terry shot uh, a beautiful sable uh, bull, which is um, her first big game animal, awesome. 280 yards. So and cool. yeah, she put a great shot on it. And then Lola, our 16-year-old, uh, shot a warthog and a beautiful red leechway, um, which is just a beautiful animal. She put a great shot on it. I, I'd have to say Lola has ice water running through her veins because she showed no sign of, of being nervous or buck fever whatsoever. Um, so yeah, great experience. How cool. Great experience. You know, I, I have to say just maybe out of, you know, just lack of experience, you know, I've always wanted to take my boys to South Africa and do something like this, really not for the hunting, but you know, because there's animals we've never even heard of, you know, I want them to be able to see those things and feel the difference in culture. And, um, you know, my, my hesitation has always been the safety of it. 
did you feel like it was a pretty, pretty good experience on that level? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you feel like you're in a bubble cool. and, and I recognize because we spent a couple of weeks in South Africa and only five days of it did we hunt with tallies. The rest of the time uh, we actually spent um, touring uh, South Africa. I actually served as a missionary for my church in South Africa. And so this was my first time back in uh, 30 years. And so we kind of went back to some of the areas that I had served in as a missionary. Um, and, and there's absolutely some areas that, um, you know, no doubt about it. Uh, South Africa is is a country that is um, in a little bit of turmoil. They're coming off of apartheid mm-hmm. and trying to figure things out with, um, you know, the different races there and trying to figure out how to live together and the government. But um, at Tollies, we felt like we were in a bubble. There was no fear whatsoever. You're out in the countryside um, and yeah, we had no fear there, but, but yeah, if you're going to go to Cape Town, you're going to go to Durban, you're going to visit some of the other cities. You definitely need to talk to somebody about where to go and and where not to go. Yeah. Good information. Thank you so much for that. And so glad that you guys had such a spectacular time and, you know, found success and got to soak up that experience and took the kids and pretty cool to hear that your daughter has just a, a just, you know, ice in her veins, essentially, hopefully she'll continue to have that and pass it on to the rest of us. But that's awesome. Well, you guys have been wonderful. Please let us know what some of your resources are for people. Maybe they want to get online and check things out or, or, you know, get to know you guys a little bit more. Where can they find you? Yeah, so we can be found online at www.baku.com. So it's B-A-K-C-O-U. A little bit of a play on backcountry there. Um, also on Instagram and TikTok at Baku Life. And then you can also find us if you're interested in seeing one of our bikes in person before you make the investment, give it a test ride, kick the tires. Um, we have a dealer network across the country. Um, that locator can be found on our website as well. And you can go check them out in person. Perfect. Any parting words from you guys before we sign off? Yeah. You know what? Life is short. Um, get out and, and experience it. Mm-hmm. Get out and enjoy life because who knows what tomorrow brings. And, um, you know, some of us can get yeah. caught up and I'm, I'm guilty of this too. We can get caught up in, in maybe, uh, the mundane work day to day stuff, but if we don't take time to enjoy it, um, then it slips through our hands. So, um, come visit us at Baku. We've got products and things that will change your life. It, it will put a whole new leash on adventure. Um, many of our dealers are actually, um, RV stores because people coming there are looking for a new adventure and, and they find our bikes there and they're like, oh my gosh, that's a perfect supplement to what we're looking for to do. So, um, yeah, get out and live life. Perfect. Kate, parting words from you? No, I think Brian said it perfect. Um, really just want to say thank you. Thanks for giving us, um, a platform to come on and share a little bit more about the brand and everything we're doing here and opening people's eyes, I guess, to kind of what else is out there and what we're actually doing here. It's very easy to stand behind really good people and really great companies. So no problem. Thanks, Courtney. Once again, thank you for tuning into the show. We hope that your cup is full and you're ready to embrace your untamable vibe. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a favor? Help us grow our audience by sharing your favorite episode on social media, sending the episode to a friend and leaving us a review online. We love to hear from you. One more thing, be sure to press that subscribe button and never miss a weekly episode. See you next week.